Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. My name, Richard Dotson. Here are my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. What? And Garrett Price. Well, this is how it is today, I guess. I guess this is how it this is. This is just how it is. Well, we you know we've been talking Mr. Pessimistic today. You've been pretty grouchy. They canceled the preseason and it has got your panties in a bunch. How am I gonna find Victor <laughs> Cruz without my preseason games? Huh? <laughs> how am I gonna dry find Kembrell Tompkins to draft early in my redraft leagues to have him boil out this fail out on me without my preseason games? Yep. Huh? I don't know, man. You're gonna hmm. have to wing it. <sighs> Dude, Open a prayer. <laughs> I am not a bird. I can't fly. All okay. Right. If I was a bird, I'd be a penguin. A pen- <laughs> I thought you were going to say ostrich because they at least can run fast. Oh, no, I'm definitely not. <laughs> He's <fast> waddling. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see me run? I've seen you swim, though. Sure. Yeah. You, well, you're yeah. halfway decent swimmer. You know what? I think that is a good analogy. Yeah. To be fair, I'm, I'm, not sl- I'm not slow by any means, yeah. but I don't like running <laughs> at all. Dude, like that. I try getting on a treadmill. Like if I run a mile, like one mile, right? That's that's, yeah. that's not much, right? I tried to do that for a week where I just ran a mile. Okay. Every second feels like it's like a football season's gone by. I'm like, oh <laughs> my god, it's so long. For Dude. the record, I like I'm I'm more like road or street runner guy more than I would ever be treadmill guy. Treadmill's the worst. That's what people say. Like, oh, you go there and run on the street. It's way better. I'm like, listen, I'm 40. You get okay. out. The, you get out in those metro parks, sir. No. There you go. <laughs> I will power walk the shits out of those metro parks, right? My legs will be, my arms will be pumping faster than my legs, right? Like, I get my heart moving. Are you going to be the old guys at the mall? I was going to say, I can't wait to see 60-year-old Rich, man, one of those jumpsuits head to toe. Yeah. Matching his, all, you know, all get up. Oh, Let me di- step at any ends real quick. <laughs> my dynasty nerds. Jump. Yeah, I'm totally awesome. Hey, you went to the mall. He just walks past. It's all you hear. <laughs> Swishy pants going. Jack Henry sucks. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, like I walk around the mall for two hours, burn 150 calories, eat, <laughs> eat 480 calories of any inch pretzels. How many how many women do you pass by asking about your crystal balls while you do that too? <laughs> oh no, it's me asking them like, hey, want to take a glimpse of my? How many times do I get arrested at the mall? <laughs> Security, Mister Dotson, you again. We did see those pictures of you as the old guy with the the stash and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you know, so, yeah. So. super creepy. Yeah, yeah. Like sure. if I put that out right now, I'm like, this is my uh, future prison picture. You're like, oh, that makes sense. That like makes you sense. were showing your crystal balls to me at the mall while you're trying to power walk in those swishy pants, weren't you? I guess I was. I like this picture we're painting here. Free me! <laughs> oh, that's what happened. That's how you got free you freed yourself. Is, yeah. Free rich is trending on Twitter. <laughs> I could, I would need that back in. You know? <laughs> Definitely, dude. If I had to go, dude. If I got sentenced to jail for one year, I would think about leaving the country. <laughs> And never coming back like a year Just of my done. life. Yeah, dude, a year of your life in jail in a cell. But that means you can never come back to the U.S. again. You would just you would just leave the country. Yeah, like I heard like France science seems nice. They don't extra extra <laughs> France seems nice. We I love that he has a list in his head of the country. He's already that, planning this that like don't I'm going to be super pervy. <laughs> And when I do, yeah, I gotta get what's out of the here. plan? I I'd be calling get... you guys. Day, it's like five in the morning to do the podcast. I'm like, hey, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> bonjour, dynasty. <laughs> like, oh, the nerds. I'm like, yeah, I'll have to learn how. I would, 
That's me. I would never learn French. Like, I would go there and just be like, wee oui, wee, oui, everybody. I, ironically enough, he would say wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Shocker. Yeah. How, why are you here? Wee wee. Pervy McGurvy over here. I can tell by your, your mustache <laughs> if you want to call it that. Well, we're not here to talk about me and go to prison in 20 years. We're here to talk dynasty fantasy football. And today we're covering the AFC West. On the Nerd episode, we're covering the AFC Oh, oh, NFC. NFC. We'll edit that out. Sure. Sure we won't. <laughs> sure. But, we, but before we do, can we have a, a word from our sponsor? Absolutely. We can. That's DynastyOwner.com. Dynasty Owner. That's right. You're looking for that new challenge. You're looking for that new way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. Well, Dynasty Owner is your answer. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and the strategy of front office Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries. Added the strategy of running an NFL franchise, Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. If you go to DynastyOwner.com backslash nerds, leagues are forming now. That's DynastyOwner.com backslash nerds. And Dynasty Owner gives give you the opportunity to use actual NFL salaries and contracts. So it's not just your salary, it's your actual NFL contract within the NFL uh, budget or the cap, salary right. cap. Yep. I couldn't think of that number. That's okay. I was thinking baseball cap. Baseball's coming Baseball back. Baseball is coming back. Oh, dude, six to midnight just went it. Um, so, yeah, it gives you the opportunity to use those contracts with a salary cap, and that's how you draft your team. So there's a lot. It's, it's different from auction. It's a whole different way to play fantasy football or dynasty fantasy football. So if you're looking for a new challenge and a fun one at that, Check it out, dynastyowner.com backslash nerds. Check them out today. Start your dynasty today with dynastyowner.com. So we're going to start here in AFC West uh, in alphabetical order. First team is the Denver Broncos. Ooh, look at you. At quarterback, Drew Locke and Jeff Driscoll. Who? Jeff Driscoll. Cortland Sutton, our wide receiver 19 from last year. Ooh. Not too shabby. Rookies, Jerry Judy. KJ Hamler. You also have Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton in the background. Um, you yeah, know, wasn't you yeah, know, he never turned out to be what we wanted him to be. No, he did not. Can't win them all, Matt. Maybe the, maybe the next Penn State wide receiver will be the one for them. Oh, Chris Godwin? <laughs> oh, he just signed KJ Hamler. Oh. Oh. Forgot about him. Allen Robinson. You mean KJ Hamler, the same guy that their own that like Penn State didn't throw the ball to very much? That guy? Well yeah. Just they, one. They used a high pick on him. We'll see. I, He's an explosive player. Well, listen, I used a high pick on my nose, and you know that doesn't get me anywhere either. At running back, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, and don't forget about Royce Freeman. Forgot about him too, didn't you? Definitely worth forgetting. Definitely. Worth uh, forgetting. At tight end, Noah Fant, Jeff Hireman, Nick Vanette, Troy Fumagalli, and Jake Butt, and Albert O. And Albert O. Yep. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of tight ends. A lot of Big Ten tight ends up in there. There are a lot of Big Ten tight ends, and you know, uh, Jeff Howerman and Nick Van Nett are making a, a ton of money, like comparable to the rest of them, which, which makes me kind of believe that one of those or both of those guys just won't even be there. Are they guaranteed year. money? Uh, I think they can get rid of Howerman this year with, without, you know, with having a, a cap saving. So oh, we'll see if poor he makes safe guys yep. going against each other. I think Van Nett, I think Van Nett is uh, going to be on there. His dead money is above his cap hit. So they yeah. don't get rid of him. Is, so, is Jake, Butt ever going to not be injured? Probably not. No. <laughs> Ooh, um, my cheeks. Yeah, he'll probably be gone. He's see somebody that they can cut and get out from underneath 
This is what his third, fourth, fifth year. It feels like he's been in the league forever. Uh, he is 25, but he's got 14 knee surgeries, so he's he's running. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's it's knee, probably not far off. His knees are about 40, so it's. I fine. was like, that sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, talking about. I mean, sometimes it just it doesn't work. Remember, you know, Marshawn Lat- Marcus Lattimore, mm-hmm. right? You know, was the next dynasty great dynasty running back last game of the year. That was the grossest leg injury I've ever seen. Ugh. That was pretty gross. I mean, that was. I mean, I was actually watching that game live too. That was. Deesk, and they just kept showing it in slow motion. Dude, former now, South Carolina running yep. back. Willis McGahee's was gross, too. I didn't think that one was nearly as gross as Marshawn Latimer's leg just, like, flopping around yeah, the wrong fair. way. That's fair. I mean, you know, Willis McGahee's definitely bent the wrong way right. and was hit, like, right. his but leg yeah, was stationary as, in the it ground. It wasn't as, yeah, wiggly. That, whenever things wiggle around, that just, to me, gross, finally grosses me out. I, I have a pretty high tolerance for that kind of stuff. But. Yeah, McGahee's was gross, but it wasn't, like, Oh, you can't rewatch it. Like Lattimore is like gross. Yeah. Like Alex Smith, gross. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's moments like that that are really gross. Like what's his name? The basketball player who Kevin Ware. No, like a couple of years oh, ago versus the Cavs against the Cavs. Is like, oh, first game of the uh, season. Gordon Haywood foot, yeah. foot was going the wrong way Gordon after Hayward. that. That was pretty oh, gross. Paul George dude. had a gross one too. Yeah, dude, I stubbed my toe and I'm like, <laughs> end of the world. That is a terrible pain for like 2.5 seconds, and then it's like not a big deal anymore. But for t- for two and a half seconds, it's awful. Yeah, then you get a paper cut on for eight days. Like, what is going on here? Mm. Um, anyway, so, back to the Broncos. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 Broncos. We're talking about the Broncos. This is going to be a really long episode. <laughs> we are rambling here. I mean, we're ten minutes in. We haven't t- discussed a single player. Right. Oh yeah, we did. Jake, Jake Butt. Butt. Jake Butt. He's out. <laughs> uh, Drew Lock. Let's start there. You know, kind of a dynasty darling right now at the quarterback position. Stepped up a little bit last year, towards the end of last year. Really showed that he play at the NFL level, cleaned up a lot of things that we did not like of him coming out of college here. I, I think the biggest thing here with Drew Locke that really excites me personally and you know probably everybody else is just how many weapons he has around him. We've, we've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast with almost a kind of like the Baker Mayfield effect. Like mm-hmm. you are put in a situation to succeed. It's everywhere you look. You got Melvin Gordon catch the football in the backfield. Phil Blinsey had the backfield, two quality over 1,000-yard rushers behind you. So you have dual 1,000-yard rushers behind you. Cortland Sutton, we mentioned, was wide receiver 19 last year. We could look at him taking a step forward. You're bringing Jerry Judy, one of the best route runners in this class, a phenomenal talent. K.J. Hamler, where I don't love him as a fantasy asset, is a really good football player because I still look at him being used exactly how he was in college, which is sparingly. But when he does get the ball in his hands, it's – Electric. I mean, is he like a Tavon Austin type of player or something like that to you? Just like that. Yeah. You know, just again, you know, good high draft pick. Tavon Austin, obviously a first round pick, but not, no, he's never going to move my fantasy football needle. You know, it's like that's the difference between these, some of these guys. They could be good NFL players, but they're not good fantasy players. That's where KJ Hamler falls in line. Will he have some big fantasy games? Of course he will. He'll have games where he has three catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns, but like you're not starting week in, week out. Right. And there's, to me, there's, there's almost no chance for him to come relevant, not only because of, you know they have two quality running backs, but let's throw the running back situation out of the, out of the window. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. And Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy yeah. and Noah Fant. Noah I mean, Fant Noah Fant's a first-round yeah. pick who's an electric talent. He's like a giant wide receiver as it is. Right, and then we were talking about all these tight ends too. Um, obviously, <laughs> Howerman's out the door. 
Nick Vanette, you know, he's going to be around for this year. But then they they drafted Albert O, and mm-hmm. and and that tells me enough. You know, it's no, it's going to be no fan Nick Vanette for this year. But then Albert O is going to work his way into these two tight end sets, and and you know, then they'll be working. You know, Troy Fumagalli might be around still because they they have a lot of tight ends on the roster. Right. Um. So I I mean I think that could probably be next year's roster is Albert O and Troy Fumagalli and Albert O is. I mean, he's fast. I didn't love him on tape, Burner. but um, he's at least another weapon that you know likely could be higher on the pecking order than KJ Hamler, who's familiar with Drew Locke because that's his college quarterback. Right. The interesting thing about this Denver offense is, I think more so than most of the teams that we've covered so far, is all of the players are such a wide range of outcomes of how all of this could work out. Now, part of it's because you know we're hoping Drew Locke is what everybody's hoping, you know, Mm -hmm. the star in the making with all these weapons. But if he doesn't perform well, we're going to see stock down for a lot of these pass catchers. Plus there's only so many passes to go around. Is Melvin Gordon still Melvin Gordon? You know, he's only ever had one season where he's been over four yards per carry. Philip Lindsay, how much is he going to be involved? Is he not at all? Is he somewhat split in time? Like, so there's just so many question marks with this offense to where one of these players could be like a league winner for you if everything bounces right. But th- many of them could tank as well. And so it's it's one of the most intriguing offenses, I think, because of that. I think it's why it makes a lot of these guys buys. You know what I mean? Like, it's why I'm buying most of these because that, you know, obviously, Jerry Judy's, and Jerry Judy, you could say, is expensive, but he's not. If he's going around pick seven in rookie drafts, he's not that expensive. He's not nearly as expensive as he was this time last year, you know, everyone, oh, for sure. everyone thought he was going to be the presumed uh, number one pick. So, yeah. And I look at Drew Locke as being kind of like if Andy Dalton have a, a top four QB finish because of the weapons. I mean, you go looking back at that year, what he had, you know, Tyler Eifert was 13 touchdown season. Uh, Marvin Her- uh Marvin Jones, TJ Houston, AJ Green uh, at running back. I don't remember. Was it? Um, was it Corey Dillon? Jeremy Hill. Oh, Jeremy Hill. Yeah. Jeremy Hill. You know what I mean? <laughs> Corey, it's like, Corey Dillon. And the way back machine just but, came by. But look what that and did. I mean, they, they put Andy Dalton in a situation that he had tons of assets around him, like quality assets, and it boosted him all up to a top five QB finish right. for a year. And Andy Dalton was always like, from that point on, like a middle, like a middle of the road QB, kind of like a Derek Carr, essentially, right? Like a, a middle, like... You know, is not a QB one, but like fifteen, a, yeah, mid rate in a super flex yeah. leagues, very viable. Yeah, right. like if you had Andy Dalton, like you're not drafting him in redraft, but in dynasty league, super flex league, like you're okay with him as your QB two, as long as you're strong everywhere else. Mm-hmm. That is a QB one. So that's why I look at Drew Locke, a young guy with a big arm, tons of weapons to get the ball to, dual running backs out of the backfield that can get get the score. And you mentioned what what is Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon even showed last year after the delay. Like he's still, yeah. Does he? You know, he's only had a one year over four yards per carry. Offensive line the whole time he's been there has not been really that great. It's not like Denver's honestly that much better. I was yeah, say they're very middle of the road. I was actually just looking uh, going into the season. PFF has him ranked as 14th, so very middle of the road. So middle of the road. It's just I think I do think Melvin Gordon's a quality running back. I think he's one of the most under like if you did a startup draft, like you can get Melvin Gordon as your running back too, and way deep in draft like yeah nobody- gordon and Gurley both kind of seem to be in that same mold right now new team not really sure somewhat injury prone a lot of question marks but the ups like if you told me melvin gordon finished the year as running back 11 like 
I wouldn't be shocked. No, not at all. I wouldn't either. Yeah, then, I'm, I'm with you there for and sure. The the chance to get a running back one for Melvin Gordon's price tag, like you, I I I actually went out and bought Melvin Gordon and multiple. I was going to up 22 first. I gave him a 21 first for Melvin Gordon. Like I have no problem with that because he's pretty much locked into Denver here for two years. And for me, hashtag two three year window. If I can get any running back that can give me running back one numbers, even being low end or even high end running back two numbers, like. I'm taking it all day. That's so those this, guys aren't easy to come by. And if you're agreeing with that, I'm assuming that you don't think Philip Lindsay is going to be much of a factor in all of this. I do think Philip Lindsay is going to be you? much of a factor. Okay. But, but the way I look at it is like I don't worry about stuff like that. Like just like Melvin Gordon had Austin Eckler there. They mm-hmm. both provided fantasy out. You know, like Melvin Gordon was a running back one, but Austin Eckler with the Gordon at the time was a running back two. The difference though is Eckler is like an elite pass catcher. Correct. Philip Lindsay is not. He is like, not. And I think that they will be using Melvin Gordon more so on third downs than they do Philip Lindsay. So that's where I'm not sure what – like he might be involved, yes, but I'm not sure if it's ever going to be on the goal line or ever in much of a pass catching role, which is really going to negate a lot of his potential success. I I, I agree with that. I, I've um, – I've been staying away from him in startups, Phil Plinzi, that is. Mm-hmm. Where I would I wouldn't stay away from Melvin Gordon at the right price because his just like you said, he could end up with five hundred yards. You know what I mean? Like that's what sure. I see Philip Lindsay's outcome a, a very distinct possibility being. Like I was some, thinking six hundred. Yeah, five so, yeah, six hundred. Five six hundred yeah. yards. And that's just, I mean, that's not gonna get it done for fantasy purposes. Fifteen receptions. If, yeah, if he's yeah. not catching right. if he's not catching forty balls, he, he's he's useless in my eyes. Uh, I don't view him as a starter, I guess. Let right. me let me put that like I, sure. I don't look at his Austin. I guess that was a bad example. I didn't look at his like, oh, he's a okay. running back. I didn't I look you. at his running back too. It's just, I still think he's a, a talented running back uh, to the point where like he's rosterable. He's going to steal some touches. You want him. You know, obviously you want him more if you have a Philip, if you're a Philip or Melvin Gordon owner, he's worth rostering. He is a free agent next year. So maybe mm-hmm. in the right situation, he can be viable as well. I also see him resign with Denver for the right price because the market's going to be so flooded with running backs. Like, right. Where is he going to go? Like, he'd be smart to just stay where he is in the same system. And just Melvin Gordon's dealt with his injuries throughout the year. So it's kind of like he's a, he's a good guy to roster. No one he can produce if given the opportunity. Gotcha. I yeah, still man. think he's a quality 25-year-old running back, I guess. But I get you. Yeah, he's definitely gutted by the Melvin Gordon. They're paying Melvin Gordon. Like, we mentioned this before when Melvin Gordon signed. They were saying, oh, well, Philip Lindsay's there. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, Melvin Gordon's getting all the carries pretty much right. like this is not a committee by any means. Like they paid Melvin Gordon, what 12 million a year, somewhere on there. Um, I think it was only like eight or nine right now. His cap. It's only seven for oh, this year. Okay. Um, but, but still for running back his age, that's not, that's not bad money. He's no. only 27, right? Yeah. It's not like Philip Lindsay's Mark Ingram. He's not 30. Like, right. You give him 27, you give him 28. If he balls out in Denver, he's probably gonna get another contract through them is you know for, potentially you know another two year like marking them do they can get huh. out from it but it's like it's not, that's the thing people view like i almost like view, it's weird how people view melvin gordon you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's consistently a running back one consistently and consistently mostly when he plays high-end running back one in and in, in when he was in la in san diego and it's mm-hmm. like people's view him was like oh he's 27 he's old it's no he just got paid good money to be the man in Denver that can't really stack the box for how many weapons they have outside in Denver. So even though the offensive line is still like in the middle of the road, he is he's still in that same situation where he was in Denver where they had Keen Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. You know, like they have the weapons to offset to let right. open things up for him. And they got Drew Locke, who could be easily on par with a guy like Phillip Rivers. No, it's interesting because you see these like pendulum swings in in fantasy football often. And 
for a while, people weren't necessarily hip to, hey, older running backs expect to decline. It's not good to pay up for them, blah, blah, blah. Now it's almost the pendulum's almost swung too far where it's like if a running back's over the age of 25, they're dead. And, you know, there's no chance of them Done. being relevant. Yeah. Don't touch them. Don't draft them. Whereas I think you're absolutely right. Guys like him, guys like Gurley, guys like Fournette, guys, you know, it depends. all their situations are slightly different, but they could all still put up, you know, a low-end RB1 season this year, and it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not necessarily predicting it, but it, but it wouldn't surprise me in the least. It goes back to my theory, though, like not my theory of how I play dynasty fantasy football to begin with. Like anytime I have a running back who is young and really good, I love to get out from under them a year early. Like if their contract's about to come up, like I love to get out from under those guys because it's the easiest. It's the easiest position to fit refill in dynasty. You draft them, plug and play, or you can trade them. You can go out and go trade for Melvin Gordon. You can go get Mark Ingram if you want him. You know you can go. I mean, he's a little bit more expensive. You go get Kenyon Drake if you want him. Kenyon Drake was fantastic last year with Cardinals. We're going to talk about mm -hmm. him in the next episode. So I'm not going to you know, start talking about him now, but it's like you can draft those guys and plug and play. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can trade for these guys. Like if you didn't have a running back one, you can just give up one first round pick, not even this year, next year, and get Melvin Gordon. Right. So it's just, it's such a fluid position. It never makes sense of what you can get back for those top end guys. They already live short shelf lives. And you'll always have outliers, guys that are like LaDainian Tomlinson, you know, guys Adrian that are like, Peterson. yeah, Christian McCaffrey. You know, there's always those outliers and you're not going to buy those. Those guys are too hard to get anyways. But for the most part, you can flip those guys for almost equal value. Like if you flip Joe Mixon, you can get Jonathan Taylor plus like, it's like, okay, like what's the point differential going to be? You know, can I get Clyde Edwards Alaire, who we're going to talk about soon? It's you're always flipping those running backs and then you're drafting them and playing them or you're trading for them and playing with them because they're all obtainable. So for me, like if, if you had to say one guy in this roster for the Broncos from a dynasty aspect, like who's your guy? Like who's the guy? Is it Cortland Sutton for you? Is it Jerry Judy? You know, it comes down to the receiver. Do we, you know, Cortland Sutton wide receiver 19 last year with some room to grow. Love Cortland Sutton. I know on a huge rant last year about Cortland Sutton and how it could be that wide receiver one. I'm a little bit more down, not down on Sutton, but just down on that opportunity to be that high-end wide receiver one now just because, again, how many more Much balls to go around him. Like, who's your guy, Garrett, on this roster? You only take one. For the price, it is Melvin Gordon. You know, if, if I'm factoring price into this equation, I think I think that's the guy. Um, if, if I'm just saying, like, overall upside and, like, has a chance to be sure, a, a viable player long-term, I, I think it probably is Cortland Sutton. You know, Jerry Judy's intriguing, but we already know that Cortland Sutton can do it. We don't, we don't know for sure that Jerry – we're assuming so, based on, you know, watching him and scouting him, we are assuming so. But it would be Cortland Sutton from that perspective. I mean, for me, it boils down to Cortland Sutton or Noah Fant. I mean <clears> – <throat> And I'm leaning towards Sutton myself. Um, obviously, you know, I think Fant has a ton of upside and could be one of those difference-making tight ends where I see Cortland Sutton being a low-end wide receiver one and maybe it most likely settles in kind of as a high-end wide receiver two. So that's kind of why, you know, why I put in Noah Fant because I think he's got enough athleticism to really make a mark there at the tight end position. At his position, make yeah. a mark at his position. Right. It's nice. Yeah, I like... I love Cornell Sun too, but I do view him how you do view him like most likely finishing year in and year out wide receiver 15 to kind of almost where he finished last year, wide receiver 19 and 19 last year. He was able to be funneled the football sure. almost in granted different QB situation and he'll be in 20 and 2021. I think I would go a different round than all of you guys. I think I would, I think I would gamble. Like if I could cherry pick, like you pick one guy in this roster, I think mm -hmm. I'll take Jerry Judy. 
He's just such just a, the upside. He's such a fantastic route runner. He he he's such a dynamic player. This his speed isn't talked about as enough. His his electric says you know how electric he is with the football in his hands, and I think with everything that just happened, I think from a guy who we had as Mark pegged as one one going to that deep twenty twenty class about eighteen months ago, twelve months ago, to where he's just slipped because of his landing spot and the. I think the rise of all these other talents and mostly at the running back position, honestly, because mm-hmm. he was still my number. I know he wasn't as good for you, Matt. Like you don't love him as much as I do. Right. I just really love his upside from a, from a fantasy aspect. Like I think he, when I look at him play, you know, is he the most d- dynamic receiver in the NFL? Definitely not. But I think his game really translates to a very good fantasy production where I can out, I can see him outscoring. It's all going to come down to the touchdowns, I think, for Cortland Sutton. Like, I can see him being the number one fantasy football scorer on this roster. But I like them all. It's kind of like the Chiefs offense, the Browns offense. Like, I wish I, I would take them all, honestly. When you're talking about like a fantasy team, like you pick one fantasy team, the Broncos would be pretty high on my list. They've, they've got really big names at, at most positions. I mean, obviously, the quarterback is the biggest question mark in, at this point in my eyes. So, and, I, and I said, I mentioned, I'm not, I don't think I'm overly worried about Drew Locke. Like, he showed me enough at the end of last year where I think he can get it done from a fantasy output from an arm talent standpoint. There was no question when he came out that he had arm talent. It was all the other stuff. And and he seemed to answer some of those questions. I'd like to see it over a full season or maybe two before I totally buy into him. And going back to Noah fan, Matt and Garrett, like where do you guys rank him now? Let here, let me even simplify it. Right. From let's just go back 12 months. If you could redo it, Mm -hmm. we all had Hawkinson ahead of Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. I personally would still take Hawkinson over Noah Fant. I think he does everything better. How about that? Okay. I think Noah Fant is just more athletic. Okay. Garrett? Yeah. So if, you had, if you had to take one, though, who are you taking? Hawkinson. Yeah. Okay. Yep, me too. I, I'm still in the same boat. I, I don't dislike Fant, but, you know, he, he did have a lot of drops last year. There, you know, there is a lot to go around. Whereas in Detroit, there's really not a lot of receiving options. Uh, so I think I'm going to stick with Hawkinson for now. Yeah, next year there's no receiving options, <laughs> right? But right. Hawkinson, and you mentioned the drops as well. That was his number one concern coming out of college right. was his drops. So he's electric, he's dynamic, but for he's. Sure. I wouldn't shock if he ended he's a up more having, used David and Joku. I'm fine a more with that. Refi- a more refined David and Joku. Let me put it that way. I don't have an issue with that. I was going, I was literally going to make a comp too. I could see a Jared cook type career path for him where he's just such a good athlete that he's around forever. And the upside is always crazy, but will it all come together? And it, it absolutely could. I don't know, but it, I have a harder time banking on like the freak athlete tight ends. Those guys just do not seem to pan out. No, not really. It, I think no offense. One of those guys who's a consistent tight end one. But never like and never not, top six type guy. Now never can. Cons- I think he. I think he'll break that mold probably twice, yeah. maybe in his career. But like never that. T- like never top three essentially, unless he scores a. Sh- you know, he pulls that Tyler Eifert year where he scores sure. thirteen touchdowns. Or I'm, I'm like racking my brain trying to think of one that did or disprove you, but I can't. It, it, it's funny. <laughs> like and I actually like went like back Vernon and Davis. Like he was a freak, but he never like really panned. He out was okay. He was fine. Yeah. Eric Ebron yeah. had flashes. Sure. Jared Cook had flashes. Helen Winslow. Yep. Flashes. flashes. Like what he could have been. And that's the thing. That's a lot of those guys. But you get that more like prototype like 
big bodied, like might not be as fast as some of the other guys, but really reliable hands, boxes guys out. That's those what you guys, need. Those guys just seem to Antonio Gates, Gronk, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey. TJ like, Hawkinson fits that mold to a T. And like, look at the guys, you know, Travis Kelsey coming out was never like, oh, he's going to be the best tight end ever. Yeah, you know, like George Kittle. You know, right. The guys like that, you know, it's uh, Mike Kosicki hasn't done it yet, but Mike Kosicki was a freak athlete. Freak athlete. We'll see. On the rise. But, if you're a good athlete, you're going to suck. Ah, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Don't but still, say it. <laughs> at the same time, too, like, Gasicki's rise. Do we all like Gasicki or do we all want to buy him? Like, when we're talking about Dolphins. Sure. Yeah, we like him, but, like, is Gasicki going to be tight end one? No, he's probably more like, same thing, tight end six. Like, to, like it's hard to break that mold because once you, when you get those elite guys, they produce, outproduce you so much. Like, that point differential, you're talking, like, the end of the year, like, 60 points. It's, right. it's drastic. It's between tight end one and tight end six. It's right. It's, it's always crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's the Broncos, right? Yep. We, a lot of good upside here. A lot of players we like. Nobody that's like a bona fide superstar yet. Clo- I think the closest thing they have is Cortland Sutton. Probably. It falls that category. Melvin Gordon's at uh, the it, end of his career, but still. Hashtag two. Yeah, you're, this is dynasty. If it's redraft, yeah, we're all over it, but it's not. So let's move on to another team. A team we don't really have to spend a lot of time on, I feel like, nope. honestly, because right. this is the opposite of the Broncos. Yeah, this is the Chiefs. Like, what are we going to say? At quarterback, you have Patrick Mahomes, Matt Moore. Stuck. At wide receiver, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. Running back, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson. At tight end, Travis Kelsey, Ricky Seals, Jones, Deion Yelder. I think really the only thing to talk about is the running backs. Like, we know what we're getting out of Kelsey, we know what we're getting out of Mahomes. Wide receiver core seems to be fairly self-explanatory. Hill's a stud. Sammy Watkins is unreliable at best, and that's being kind. And maybe we could talk about Miko Hardman. Is there room for that type of rise for him? But, I mean, for the most part, it's really just the running backs to talk about. I mean, we could talk about this this last year Sammy's deal. So, I mean, obviously, you know, um, they're going to be looking to replace him. They're not going to bring him back at the number that he's at. Sammy Watkins is already you know, threatened to retire from the NFL this past right. offseason. So I think the Miko Hardman thing is it's just a year off. You know what I mean? Probably. So before he gets his, his big time role in this offense. Yeah. Slow roll. I mean, he, he didn't, he only saw Miko Hardman only saw 7% of the targets last year in be fair. He's a rookie on a Super Bowl team. Um, Sammy Watkins saw way more targets. Miko Hardman got more touchdowns. Nicole Hardman's a burner, a little bit raw, but yeah, he's the clear replacement to Sammy Watkins. I mean, I think I think we'll see as the year goes on, Nicole Hardman's role will grow, in my opinion. I agree. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yep. I think I think Sammy's locked in as a number two receiver is gonna be the third option on the team behind They're Travis. They're paying him that way. Kelsey. Anyway. Uh you know, Kelsey, again, Kelsey's in the thirty year old now range who's had multiple surgeries and he's just somebody when it comes down to eliteness. I mean, he's four straight years as the tight end one. Four straight, straight years. years. Um, Crazy. He just gets it done, man. Year after year after year uh, after but, year. He puts over a thousand <laughs> yards. And the guy just puts it in at over a thousand yards every year. I mean, last year he led the team one thousand two hundred twenty nine yards, um, which was like amongst receivers high, like top right. six. I think it was somewhere on those lines. Um, and that's great. But I, I this is again this is something I could see like the Chiefs. You might have to like help, but now signing Chris Jones, Pat Mahomes. Next year's tight end class is looking pretty strong. They might be that's hey, let's move on. Let's get one of these young tight ends coming. Pat Fryermuth is almost a clone Penn, of Penn State. Yep. Dude's stud. He's almost a clone of Travis Kelsey. Like very similar games. Dude's a stud. 
And that would give him one year overlap too, because uh, Kelsey's uh, contract goes through twenty twenty one. The only w- thing is, chances are, I think Farmer is going too high for the Chiefs to be able to get him. I he's a first round. He's player. that good, huh? Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. two first round talents at tight end. Who's maybe other? three? Uh, Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Yes. Brevin Jordan out of Miami. Yeah. So tight end premium leagues like this There's year. There's three like, uh, really good ones. Yes. And even Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State is turning some heads as well. So you mentioned Garrett. You want to talk about like Travis Kelsey? I. I had a message for our dynasty rank. It's like, oh, you might be a little bit too low on Kelsey. And, and here's where I feel in dynasty. Like I like Travis. Kelsey. He's the number one tight end in fantasy football, hands down. But like, if I'm doing a dynasty startup, like where he is, like I have him, I have my rankings a little bit lower. It's because I think we got about two more years of Kelsey. Where do you have him? Three, four, right around there. It's just like, I just rather go with the youth movement and that position. And that it's such a like, for a startup league, like I don't have to worry about my tight end position again in two years and draft one that high. When I could literally just take a slight bump like down because I'm not probably not going to get Kittle in the startup because I think he's pretty con- much consensus one. You know what I mean, right but like, now. give me. Would you take Andrews over him? Oh yeah, for sure. I'll I have him right higher. I'll say I think I have him a spot or two higher. I think I have him a spot also higher. Yeah, to me, it's I'd rather have Andrews. Yep. Personally, I would rather have. I mean, Andrews is 24 years old. I mean, we're talking about the 30-year-old Travis Kelsey on the last, you know, second to last year on his deal. I mean, that's it's it spells the end is coming, you know, at that at, with those numbers. Yeah, if a team's not a contender, I'm trying to buy Kelsey. But if not, I'm trying. I would. I'm okay with selling Kelsey for to try and get just younger at the position. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. give you Kelsey, and maybe I can get a tw- like I would take. I would sell Kelsey for any of those. Like, obviously, you're not going to kittle for Kelsey. That's not going to happen. But, like, if I can get Mark Andrews and possibly a 21 second, I'd have to. I mean, I would do that straight up, honestly. Kelsey would do it for straight up as well. Andrews. But, um, I mean, I mean, honestly, you, I mean, Hunter Henry, one of those guys. Are you, are you doing that kind of move? Oh, for sure. Hunter yeah. Henry's only 25 years yep. old. Look, Henry, and then when Hunter Henry at the end of like last year, like, came on. He looked really good. Really good. Hunter Henry is one of those guys who's an elite. Just stay healthy. Tight end. Yeah, exactly. Just stay healthy, and he is going to be elite. Evan Ingram, similar boat. Mm-hmm. A little bit more. Same thing. Injury prone. Hands aren't as reliable as Henry. Henry. Henry too. Uh, he's super athletic. He's super athletic. <laughs> Don't buy that one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, just imagine what you buy. Get. All the slow guys. They're winners. <laughs> like, if you had Travis Kelsey, you can get Henry. Henry plus something significant. I feel like for Travis Kelsey. And, and, and you're winning the long-term game there, you know, 100% of the time. So it's, it, yeah. They can't even work out in L.A. Hunter Henry's a free agent. He'll go somewhere and succeed. He's a really talented tight end. Like, For sure. Almost like exactly what we talked about before. Like, really reliable, good hands, big body, runs good routes. Knows how to get open. Yep. Finds the soft spots in the zones. Like, he's just, yeah. Like Monster said, in the red zone. Monster in the red zone. And Hunter Henry is somebody, like, if you do a lot, like, in the summer, doing a lot of startups because of COVID, you know, that dude slips, like, too far. Way too far, mm-hmm. way too far. And I'm a big fan of his game. Granted, you gotta take the injuries into account. And he's always he does get hurt consistently, Often. so that is a concern. For and sure. it's kind of falls in that category like this year. Like, all right, let's get through 16 games. Let's rebound. If he does, he can rebound that value. But then if he gets hurt again, it's yeah, almost it like you're like, what's the point? Like, yeah, you're good, but you can't stand a Philly. And the best ability is availability. Right. right. If you're if you're not on here to help me win a championship, that's what what's good. To you. We talk right. about those in the running back. Like, it's fine. You're you're great for the first six weeks, but where are you during my dynasty playoffs when I need you the most? Right. 
Well, let's get to the running backs now. I was gonna—I was just about to get us back <laughs> to the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk more on Hunter Henry later, or we, or we won't. Or maybe we don't need to. We now. just beat that one down. All right, let's talk about the running backs, Garrett. So, really, what it comes down to is one: how much do we believe the coach speak, the GM speak of? You know, we still like Damian Williams. He's still going to be involved. So one, how much do we believe that? Some, a lot, not at all. And two, how much is COVID and the lack of, you know, time with the team for some of these younger players, these running backs specifically, how much is that going to affect things? So where where does that balance fall for you guys? Um, for me, it falls basically where it normally would, especially in a situation where a rookie is coming in pretty unproven. I think Damon Williams is going to have a role early on. This, I mean, I mean, let's not make this too hard. You know what I mean? They have a a, a quarterback that they just spent a half a billion dollars locking up for the next literally <laughs> next ten years. No, no, no. Seriously, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not actually exaggerating on this one. So, I mean, if Clyde Edwards-Helaire is a little bit behind on pass pro and stuff like that, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get caught up on that kind of stuff. And Damon Williams will just occupy more more time early on in the season than he probably will at the end of the year. That's how I see it. Uh, yeah, I'm all in on Clyde Edwards-Solaire. You think and, right from the get-go? So you don't think Williams is a factor at all? Pretty pretty much, no. I mean, Damian Williams has never been a factor. When they, when he re- when they re- brought him back to running back one, we said, <laughs> sell, 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 sell. And you, you could argue at the second half of the year like he was contributing. And it wasn't like he, gar- he was garbage last year. He averaged over four and a half yards per rush last year. But he also only averaged 45 yards per game, which is due to in itself. He had 111 rush attempts, which led the team. Um, had 498 rushing yards and he had five rushing touchdowns. But the fact that Damian Williams can average four and a half yards in this offense, again, proves my point of why we were just waiting for the chiefs to get a talented running back, because it was never a question. When you get these offenses that make these kind of running backs look good, it's like, what can somebody significantly better bid? I mean, Damian Williams was a scrap heap guy, literally a oh, yeah. scrap peep guy. They picked up and put on the roster and he showed out. Okay. So they resigned him to a deal. And that's fine that Damian Williams looked okay. That's all he is at best is okay in the Chiefs offense. Clyde Edwards Alaire to me is significantly better than Damian Williams. This is a running back that we thought going into this draft class was really underrated. We had him right around seven going into the class, right? We we thought like, man, even that might be too low. Before he went to the Chiefs, we as a, as we got closer and closer to the draft, we kept saying like this might be too like Clyde Edwards. I was say I think he even ended up at four or five for us by the time it was all said and done. But you know what I mean? We were saying like this I, guy could be the steal of the draft. I was licking my chops because I had picks in that range um, before the draft happened, and then obviously once the draft happened, I knew I had no shot at him. And people want to talk about, you know, Damian Williams. Like, you're ever about Cl- like people are like, oh, Clyde Edwards Lair, you know, he's he's the slowest running back of these big guys. So we're going to take the slower guy. Like, speed is just the answer. Like, you know, like Derrick Henry is like, oh, Derrick Henry is pretty, pretty fast. That's, bad. <laughs> That's a bad example. You know, but like Clyde Edwards Lair was no slouch at all. I mean, he's 21 years old. And remember last year, he rushed for 1,414 yards. He averaged 6.6 yards per rush at LSU. Okay. And That's, Kareem Hunt in the same offense. He was like a four six guy if yep. memory serves me right. Yeah. yeah. His, his strengths were his pass catching ability and his contact, contact balance. balance. Yeah. Which is two things that Clyde Edwards Lair does really well. Really well. And this and we mentioned like so we go back to the Damian Williams, like the COVID thing. This was a player that Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid were salving over. This is a the guy they discussed before the draft that Talking they wanted to Clyde add to Edwards, this offense about Clyde Edwards Lair. Yeah. He's here for five years. We just mentioned 
Pat Mahomes is locked up for 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. He's in this offense, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and of course, unless he's a complete bust, for five years on a cheap rookie deal. We talk about when to get out from these second-year deals and whatnot. Well, for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we have five years. Four years is enough to make him the one-one. You know what I mean? Like he is just locked in with his pass catching ability. He had fifty-five receptions last year for four hundred fifty-three yards and a receiving touchdown for the LSU. If Andy Reid and sitting here talking about he's better than Brian Westbrook, we had multiple top six finishes. Andy Reid has a clear path and plan for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This is a clear path to fantasy production. It goes back to get the Alvin Kamara comp. Like, is Alvin Kamara the best running back in the league? No, not by any means whatsoever. But the system he's in, the scheme he runs, and the coach he has with the players he has around him makes him a top-end, high-end running back. And it's the same thing with Clyde edwards and, and who can eat the most when you have two weapons like Meikle Hardman and Tyreek Hill that can fly? The guy's underneath. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's these running backs. They could just dump passes off all day. They could send those two guys streaking down the field, pull all the coverage away, throw, throw Kelsey down the middle, and then swoop right underneath with this running back and dump off all day long. And I bet you defenses will be happy just to have, have those little passes, have those little cheap passes here and there. And they're easy, you know, four, five, six-yard gainers that, that keep you ahead of the sticks and just keep you rolling right down the field all game long. You, you take any receiver in the NFL, any receiver, and like, hey, dude, He's going to average eight catches per game and about 35, 45 yards a game. You know, the receptions are what you, you know, oh, yeah. you hear that, that mm-hmm. that's Clyde Edwards. Mm-hmm. You know, he's have games where he has 15 receptions. It's going to happen. That's what I mean. It's just cheap little dump off passes. You get into a, you get into a two minute offense. He could pick up five, six, just getting down the field on one drive. You know what I mean? Just, just dump off, get out of bounds, dump off, get up, spike the ball, dump off. Let's do it. I mean, just repetitive tough stuff like that. He's going to be the recipient of this kind of stuff. No, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I, I'm really not too worried about Damian Williams. I do think that there will be times that he's involved. I, I, I still don't know that Edwards Alaire is going to be getting, you know, 25 touches a game with you know 18 of those on the ground like they're going to use him more similar to alvin kamara but i think the 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 passing volume is going to you know keep him as one of the safest running back options there are and then he's going to have those crazy weeks where he absolutely explodes so you know when we're talking about you know damian williams and and marlon mack and some of these guys maybe because of covid it's a hair slower but even that, I'm I'm really not too worried. I would start either of those guys week one, or sorry, uh, Clyde Rosario, Jonathan Taylor. I would start either one of those guys week one at my starting running back spot without hesitancy. If you can find any running back in the league that could finish the season as a running back one, a true running back one, a top twelve finish guy for three years, that is an elite asset to have on your roster. An elite. That's what Clyde Edwards-Alaire to me is. His pass-catching ability locks him into me as a running back one consistently. It's why when that huge rant, people are like, oh, you hear his rant about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's a little overblown about it. I'm not. I don't, I, I'm telling you, I don't feel like I am. You know, the same reason Alvin Kamara is such a high draft pick in startups and his value is the same reason Clyde Edwards will be starting next year. Like, next, like you're talking about somebody who wants to see a bump in their ADP? It's going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's going to jump that echelon running backs right that's it's a reason why he was our one well not yours you had jonathan taylor but right. man eyes one one it's just well to be fair I, I statted it out and i have him at running backs nine and ten this season so it's not like i'm low on him okay. right so it's 
I love him, man. Because I mean, players like him are just hard to come by. And Brian Westbrook, his the high the high water mark for his receptions in a year was ninety. Yeah, ninety. So that I mean that's something back that, one that year, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. That's so that's something that can absolutely he, he can obtain. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He is. was a consistent like consistently sixteen above receptions. Oh yeah, Westbrook throughout most of his the middle part of his the the heart of his career he was he was above seventy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane. It's a it's a reason Christian McCaffrey and Saquon are so valuable is because they're pass catching ability. Mm-hmm. You know, you get anywhere close to that kind of like. Austin Eckler, recent finisher running back four. He wants to have a thousand yards receiving. He had like nine hundred and eighty nine receiving yards. That's that's why Austin Eckler is so valued. And I said before, like if you talking about somebody I want to go buy a big time, it's Eckler because we did this before when we were looking at the running backs over the years. What it, like what's the what's the, what did we find by going back and looking at all these running backs over the last 10, 15 years consistency of where the fantasy value come is? You have to be a pass catcher running back to be a consistent value in fantasy football to be there multiple years be at the top yep absolutely you have to be i mean what ladane thomason's one of the greatest fantasy football running backs in the history of the nfl consistent he was a fantastic runner who also caught the ball really well you get that's what christian McCaffrey christian mccaffrey go down is one of the greatest fantasy football running backs in the history of the game why because he does those two things well if clyde edwards alaire can average 4.3 yards per carry and have over 60 yards per reception or over 60 receptions per year, he's locked in. It's not a top as a running back one, but a top eight running back one, a difference maker, a championship caliber player, a guy who will get you to the playoffs, that kind of guy. And that's how I view him. And until he proves me wrong, like it's just, I already liked the player as it was. Mm-hmm. You slam this offense and it's, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's like if you had Alvin Kamara to do it again in this, even in this draft, where would you take him? It'd be a no-brainer one, like it'd be, and people. Be, oh, like oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, if you knew Alvin Kamara was in here, same thing, and you knew what you're going to get out of him, you'd be like, oh, this is no. You'd be, I'd give now that I'd give up three first to get him. You, right. you give up three first for Alvin Kamara, right? That'd be a championship caliber. Absolutely. You don't have to give up three first for Clyde Edwards Alaire. Not today, but you will tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. As in uh, Wednesday, after, Thursday, after, uh, after this podcast drops, man, <laughs> that is a steep price. In <laughs> one day's time. So before we move on to our next two teams, because we're, we're already 45 minutes in. Yikes. Garrett, you called it long show. <laughs> hey, guys, hope you're driving, working out, mowing the lawn. We're still here with you. But speaking of mowing the lawn, let's have a word from our sponsor. That's right. Manscaped. Manscaped is back, guys. Live sports are back as well. And it's very possible. We see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. Ooh. Ooh that's why our did partners. Did you say Nuggets? That's why our partners at Manscaped to partner with us to make sure that your Nuggets are safe as possible when the hit matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for the grooming experience. We mentioned a weed whacker for that nose trimmer last week. You got the Rapunzel on your nose. They have something for you. You like, want to, you know, it's hot. It's a hot summer, Matt. You want to be building butter down there? No, sir. You got to groom the forest, right? You know, right now, everybody's been in isolation for a lot. Things are closing down. If you're single, you better get ready to mingle. You better get ready. And you're (laughs) not going to go out there like it's like the 1970s with an Afro puff, okay? Mm -hmm. You need to be going there trimmed, ready to go, look good up top, look good down low, and the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and their skin-safe technology, your snags are significantly reduced. Their perfect package 
3.0 comes with a new and improved lawnmower 3.0. What's waterproof? I use mine in the shower, need be. It's, it's fantastic. It's so nice for the shower. Yep. Cordless, lithium battery, performs very well. Easily take it with you anywhere. Take it where yeah, take it wherever you go. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 amazing. They have this they have a thing right now, it's called the crop preserver, right? It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your ball sticking in your leg. I mean, what's more to ask than that? I hate that. There's nothing worse, man. No, no. First thing I got, I got it. I got the the ball deodorant essentially. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Is it is it a powder? What is it? No, it's like a lotion. Oh wow. Anti chafing. Oh. Smells fantastic. Which is a plus. Which is oh, yeah. a bonus. Oh, yeah. first thing I did, came outside, hollered at the wife. Hey, <laughs> come smell my butt. <laughs> you never guessed what I got. But I was like, I got ball deodorant. And she's like, Oh yeah, you want to check it out? And she's like, Absolutely not. And I'm like, Oh, well, what a waste of deodorant. Maybe next time. <laughs> maybe next time. So, and right now, there's a great, great deal going on. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code NERDS at manscaped.com. That's right. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code NERDS at manscaped.com. I mean, you can take your grooming game to the next level. I mean, Matt, you mentioned, why have this beautiful tree surrounded in the weeds? No, and you got to clear the weeds, man. Mm, it's a different way. Look good, feel good. Perform, you. perform good dude and if you got dude if you dude, i'm telling you you can you can mow that you can mow the lawn all the way up like if you got like you're a hairy individual you can take it all the way from the mid-range all the way to the neck range like the thing's fantastic i think it's the greatest little clipper i ever had yeah. i love the damn thing it is very nice it's an impressive clipper yeah, that's why we keep doing the advertisements because i love them so much. <laughs> you know? it's like hey you don't have to pay us just give me another uh give me some of that ball lotion you know <laughs> So manscaped.com, check them out today. Use the promo code NERDS and you get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Ladies, if you're listening, we have a lot of ladies that listen to the show as well. Do your man a favor. By doing your man a favor, you're doing yourself a favor. Do everyone a favor. Mm -hmm. Do me a favor. <laughs> get yourself. Hit up manscaped.com. That's right. Moving on here to the next team, we have the Las Vegas, Matt, mm -hmm. Raiders. Ooh. La la. Look at the quarterback. We have Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota. At receiver, Henry Ruggs, Tyrell Williams, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar. Look at all those high picks. Mm -hmm. you know, Nelson Aguilar, former first round pick. Indeed. Zay Jones, a second round pick? He was. He was. Yep. Brian Edwards, third round. Third round pick. Yep. Tyrell Williams, undrafted. <laughs> Not a high pick. Not a high Tyrell pick. Tyrell the Gazelle. And Henry Ruggs, picked number 12 overall. At running back, you have Josh Jacobs, Lynn Bowden Jr., Jalen Richard, and Devontae Booker. At tight end, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, and Jason Witten. So it starts at the quarterback here. We mentioned this before, like Derek Carr was one of our favorite buys in Superflex Leagues because he's just one of those guys that's like, is he middle of the road? Yeah, like QB 15, QB 16. I mean, let's look back at his finishes. He was like QB 17, uh, 18, 19, 10, 14, and 20. So never lower than a QB two nope. and a super flex. That's pretty valuable. You and know? you can draft him as like QB 28 off the board. That's the thing off the board for most teams. Like in a startup, you're getting as your QB three right. and is a QB two, right? He absolutely. I got him in a two QB league as my QB three. And that's where the, that's when we talk about as a good buy. That's what we mean by it. It doesn't yeah. say, Oh, Derek Carr's a QB one. No, but he like outperforms his ADP outperforms his ADP. And that's and that's dynasty value. That's how you play dynasty is finding the value. It's like we mentioned before. It's like everybody when they play dynasty always wants to make the big trades. Like, oh, how do I get the Zeke Elliott's? How do I get the Tyree kills? It's 
to be a really good dynasty owner, it's crafting the small trades to make your team have so much depth and quality because when Derek Carts does start to perform at a QB two and maybe with all these new weapons later in the year, he could be QB 15 in a super flex league. That's going to be valuable. And you just took a guy who was your third QB and probably got a 21 first out of it. So where that player that would have been in 21 first would have went 15 rounds higher than where you drafted Derek Carr. It's about finding that good value. It's about the small trades just as much as it is about the big trades. Like the Melvin Gordon, the value. Like exactly. Where's the value? To me, I look at Derek Carr as really good value in, de- in fantasy. And you look at everything they... I know we've we've talked about him quite a bit, but everything they valued, they, they haven't lost anything from who he was throwing the ball to last year. And they've added a whole lot. So it, it just... It, it's mind-blowing to me. I, the only thing I can even fathom is people are waiting for John Gruden to draft another quarterback. And... At this point, I don't see a reason for them to do so. Because they signed Marcus Mariota as their backup. You know, they, no. That's like, oh, they don't like Derek Carr. They're going to draft one or trade. Like, There's been no hints to that whatsoever. They signed Marcus Mariota. All right. The, the Saints dra- signed James Winston. Do we, are we worried about Drew Brees? Nope. And Mar- Mariota is, I mean, he's on a two-year deal, but really it's all, all of it is just one year. They can get out from underneath Mariota after this year you know, wipe their hands clean of him, basically. So if he doesn't perform or if they like what Derek Carr does, Marcus Mariota will be shown the door. And now, 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 like, not good Marcus Mariota is, as soon as they bench him, they almost went to the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. That's how good Marcus Mariota is. He's just not very good. Like, he's just not very good. Yeah. Like, he looked really good his rookie year, you know, but guess what? A lot of these quarterbacks look good their rookie year because the league hasn't seen him yet. Yep. Mitch Trubisky made a Pro Bowl his rookie year. Remember that? Him and Pat Mahomes and Sean, they all made the Pro Bowl their rookie year. A lot of QBs look good their rookie year. Uh-oh. Baker looked good his rookie year, Rich. going to look fantastic his third year, too. <laughs> all right. I just, just wanted to. I saw a picture of Baker today because he was working out, looking slim, coming out with a mission. Love that guy. <laughs> uh, to spring up his name puts a smile on my face. You know? I know. That's why I mentioned him. You seemed like you needed it earlier. <laughs> a, little, a little bump. <laughs> you should have said it earlier. Like, uh, Rich, calm down. Take a breath. Think of Baker. Baker Mayfield. Visualize Baker Mayfield. Mm. Six to midnight. <laughs> um, so that, that's that's where Carr stands for me. Super flex league only. Right? Right. Yeah, you're not starting him at one QB. Oh, hail to the no. You start him in one QB, guess what? You're going to have a high pick. It better, be, <laughs> it better be a bye week with an injury above him. <laughs> Dude, if you're in a one QB league and you have don't have a QB one, a top 12 quarterback, you ain't going anywhere. No. It doesn't matter how good your roster is. You're not going anywhere. I mean, it depends how close the gap is. Well, I guess, well, to be fair, if you had like Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek right. Hill, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Jared Goff was 13 last year. Like, you probably could have won with that. I mean, it's 13, though. That's okay. So, okay. If you don't have a top 13 quarterback, you're not going anywhere. I mean, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> he was 20 to. last year, Garrett. I don't want people to go over drafting quarterbacks here. But. Derek Carr's a good buy. Absolutely. And Superflex leagues. Super He's flex. a guy I'm buying. Yep. If you can get him for a 21 second, that's pretty good value. We've talked about these receivers a hundred times. Do we need to do we need to talk about these guys anymore or no? Yeah, if you haven't listened, I mean the best I think the best thing to do here is just go back and look at our rookie tape when it comes to Henry mm-hmm. Ruggs. Obviously, I'm a huge, enormous Henry Ruggs supporter. Um I and can Brian probably, Edwards. Oh, I love Brian Edwards, but a lot of people like Brian Edwards. Mm-hmm. I'm probably in the top three when it comes to dynasty analyst out there in the business today, sure. fans of Henry Ruggs. Like I'm taking him higher than who do you think you were bigger on Henry Ruggs as a rookie or Daniel Jones as a rookie? 
Uh, definitely honey rugs. Ooh, yeah, I think so. And you're the president of the fan club. So, oh, yeah. well, well, in in his defense, though, in Rich's defense, no one else liked Daniel Jones. So <laughs> he it was, was kind of forced into it that was role. Very easy to become president of that fan club. <laughs> was I right about Daniel Skinny, Jones? Skinniest kid at fat camp, kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that was right about Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think, and right. I think I'm gonna be right about Michael uh, Henry Ruggs. I almost called him Michael Hardman. <laughs> Michael Hardman. I'm gonna be right about him too. Two for point, some reason. Two point oh. Yeah, it's just, I'd, I'd rather go other ways. It's just, I think Henry Ruggs is fan of it, but go back and listen to our Ricky tape. Obviously, yep. Brian Edwards, Michael, uh, Ty, uh, <laughs> Henry Ruggs, you love him so much. I love him so you much. can't even remember his name. The third. Henry Ruggs, the third. Yep. Um, it, I think those guys are both dynamic. I get, But I could see Brian Edwards being just as good when it comes to fancy production. Ruggs is just too electric for me, and he d- he does everything well. And those guys um, basically have this year to kind of mature um, into a role. I think Tyrell Williams is locked up until 2022 but it, all his money is is guaranteed you know, only through this year no more dead money after this year so i could see them moving on because he has a pretty significant cap and he, he had one good year with the right. chargers and he's one of those guys yeah it comes and goes you'll remember the name but he had one good year even last year he only saw about 12 percent of the targets had um 64 receptions 651 yards six touchdowns nothing great so uh, in my eyes it'll be those two guys the two rookies that they drafted this year that kind of mature into roles going mm-hmm. into next season and you might sure. see Ren- like might, might see like hunter renfro start off hot you know, mm-hmm. I'd be looking to because Hunter Renfro is a solid slot guy. Sure. But I mean, you know, so is a guy like Ryan Switzer for Pittsburgh. You know what I mean, it's like those guys, Cole the, Beasley. The ceiling is just Danny Amendola. Yeah, exactly. So those are those guys are a dime a dozen to find that kind of slot guy that's never going to be consistent. So for me, I would the one I bring his name up because I'd monitor that. Like if Hunter, I could see Hunter Renfro starting off hot, you know, like um, who did it last year um, uh, for the Jets. Uh, I can't think of the Jets. James Crowder. So oh, super hot. Oh, okay. yeah, I mean, he started off really hot last year. You know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. That first week he had like 15 catches or something. Exactly. I, I'm just, I mentioned that because like if Hunter Renfro does start off hot and you can flip him for a second, maybe, or just a third. If or, you could flip him for a second, you're doing you're real doing well. Yeah, for yourself. I, I would say good luck doing that. But yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, could, if you could, you should. Yes, you definitely should. <laughs> a situation in mind. I if can you see get that two first for him. You should do it. And something very similar for Tyrell Williams if he starts off early or, you know, pretty hot early. I, I would bail on that. As Any well. of the non-rookies. Right. The future is 100% Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, and they're both really high-quality receivers that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Edwards to the point where, like, if this was any other draft class, I would take him in the first round of a lot of other drafts, and I do think that foot injury is going to be huge value on him. Like, huge, like... Right. Well, if it, it wasn't for the free draft injury, he would have gone much higher. There was there was conflicting reports. I've I've, I've heard it two separate places, but uh, one report said that they valued Brian Edwards as a second round pick. The the Raiders uh, and and they got, happened to get him in the third. There was another report that said they they might have even valued him as a first round pick if it hadn't been for the foot. I read that report. So too. you know, it's easy to say when you draft a guy that right. you have him ranked as a first sure. round grade for sure. It's always different that way, but. We loved him a lot too, so it's right. like we saw the same thing. This was, a, this wasn't like oh, when the Raiders in a good spot. Like we liked him a lot. I mean, we, we, we dropped Michael Thomas comps. You know what I mean? Right. We really like that guy. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. We had him right around twelve. We gave him a first round grade. It just so happened like, yeah, it's such a it's such a weird class of receivers. It's so deep. You have the so T good. Higgins, the Denzel Mims, the Brian Edwards. And it's like, and Brian Edwards goes past all those guys, all those guys, and it's he could outproduce all of them. He definitely could, he, and he's going later for sure. It's usually the way that works, doesn't it? Where yeah. like the last just, guy was the one that really panned. Yeah. And it was really weird. There's like a ten year stretch there where it's like when a team drafted two players at the same position, 
it was the second guy the second drafted guy. Oh, yeah. that always outproduced the first guy. Like eighty mm-hmm. percent of the time. I used to love it because everyone used to overdraft the first guy, and I, I'd sneak in like two rounds later and grab the second guy, and I, I was coming out aces, man. It was amazing. We mentioned I think the last time we brought that up, like as I mentioned, was like when they during the Hayden Hurst Matt Mark Andrews. Thing. Mm-hmm. They took Mark Andrews in the third, and we're like, it's always the second guy that does better, anyway. Robert Griffin yep. and uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yep. There's a, we Aaron get Jones a, and uh, Jamal Williams. Yep, that's another one. I was like, why is everybody drafting Jamal Williams? You could just draft Aaron Jones. It's uh, there's a lot, dude. It's odd. A, it's almost like there's there's less pressure on them, but a chip on their shoulder at the same time, yeah. and and that combination kind of fuels those second guys, man. If we go, and it has to be like. Within a couple rounds, too. It's not like it's like <laughs> the seventh round. I produced the first. No. So it's like, oh, this situation, this is the second receiver. Like, Dude, he's a seventh round pick. Like he was a first round pick. Of course, he did better. But there's a there is a lot of situations where that's happened. Yeah. To the point where we've talk, been talking about for over a decade. Right. So um, running back, you have Josh Jacobs is obviously another. I, a lot. I think he's undervalued right now. Like you, you think so? Because of Lynn Bowden. I think I think. Yeah, I think people are like all in on Lynn Bowden, think he's getting like tons of receiving work. I'd be more nervous about Richard, who they brought back. Right. And they uh, paid a decent money to. They gave him like three and a half million, didn't they? Yeah, he's on the books right now for three point six. And, yeah. and that's for, not cheap for a running back. No. And for for what I heard though, one of the main reasons that Josh Jacobs wasn't on the field was uh, on third downs was it was more about wanting to make sure that he understood all of the protections and things like that. It's a complex offense. I say it all the time. Right. And so I wouldn't be shocked if he was involved more on third down this year than he was in the past. And when we scouted him, his pass catching was his best asset. Like he was the best pass catcher in in last year's class. Hasn't got to utilize it yet. If they dare even, you know, 10, 20% uptick, and in receiving volume, all of a sudden he's going to look like such a bargain. And he showed that in limited roles last year. When they threw him the ball, he produced. He had twenty receptions for one hundred and sixty-six yards. So, if you can double that, right. he produced. I mean, he, so he only played in thir- you know thirteen games. Right through week thirteen, he was running back twelve as a rookie. He was a running back one. Had one thousand one hundred fifty yards in thirteen games. He's a dynamic runner. He was our one, one for a reason. Did you see the next gen stats that came out today? Uh, they were talking about, you know, production, uh, over expected. Uh, it was a next gen stats thing. It was basically looking at the running backs, the expected yards that they should have had per play. And then what they really had, uh, Derek Henry and Nick Chubb were the top two, like outperforming what was blocked for them. What uh, was expected. Josh Jacobs was third. Makes sense. I believe it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. If you follow me on Twitter, you could see I haven't really been as active over the last like couple of months. I've been super busy. I'm hoping I th- I'm trying to get everything caught up so when football comes, I could dive back into Twitter. But I still read all my mentions and reply when yeah. you reply to. But yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. But it, it makes sense. It it, like the same thing. Like there, there wasn't just a lot of other options on that team. Like it's like easy to zero in on the rookie running back and still produces insane. Yep. Uh, if his value is suppressed a little bit, like I would love to get Josh would, Jacobs. This would that'd be a great buying opportunity. Yeah, if people are worried about Lynn Bowden. Uh, so what, yeah. So where would you? So looking at that, looking at Josh Jacobs with the rookie fever right now, where do you draw the line between these rookie running backs for Josh Jacobs? Is it like? Because me personally, I don't care what anybody says. I would rather have Josh Jacobs than Jonathan Taylor. 
I probably would as well. Um, it, it's kind of a range there of like pick your guys. So I mean, you're looking at you're looking at Jonathan Taylor, you're looking at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, looking at Josh Jacobs, and you're looking at Miles Sanders. Those four guys are kind of in this young running back range where some people are really high on one of them versus the other. But often I've seen Josh Jacobs as the fourth guy when I actually believe he should be in consideration for the top guy or at least top two. I don't, I don't, I definitely don't have an argument for a top two. Um, I, I mean, I think I would, I think I would have to take Clyde Edwards Alaire upside with all those receptions sure. above him. I would. That's why I said Jonathan Taylor at right. two. That's where he'd fall in the What about Miles Sanders? Because that's, that's, that's one of the big debates. Yeah. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I, I had him ranked higher than Josh. I Again, because I've, I've said this podcast multiple times, like, oh, now's the time to sell Miles Sanders. Yeah. If you go back and listen to our rookie tape, nobody loved Miles Sanders more than us. Like, we had him locked in mm-hmm. early as our two, and other people had um, uh, Dave Montgomery. Dave Montgomery had of them. Like, or even like some of the receivers. Like, we had Miles Sanders locked in it too. Like, mm-hmm. I. I remember going on the rant last year. Like, dude, this is player. I could not. I had to watch. I watched every one of his rookie mm-hmm. games because I couldn't stop watching him. He was so electric. I loved him. Loved Miles Sanders. Still do. I think he's a dynamic running back. It's just his ADP is just for a running back too high for it's me. Bonkers. Yep. Yeah. I'd with, rather with all the risk there. You can flip him for Josh Jacobs probably plus. Oh yeah, you're getting you're getting extra. You're getting extra right now with with where that's at because he's being taken off the board as running back like six. Yeah ish range you know i think his i think dlf had his adp at uh number 10 overall in the first round for dynasty right now whereas josh jacobs you're getting at you know 14 or something like that 15 i'll take that value all day give me me 21 second and josh jacobs like i think their points aren't the point differential won't be too much essentially and sanders does have some injury questions nothing crazy but so does their offensive line and yeah there's there's a lot of interesting things so the last player is darren waller I know you guys, I'm higher on Darren Waller than you guys are. But if you are a contender, is there a much better buy than Darren Waller right now? Because I still think, even with the influx of these young receivers, I still think he's the number one pass-catching option on this team for this season. Yeah, there's not a lot of 1,000-yard uh, tight ends out there. So to get to get one, um, that, that is pretty special. But I can also see, <laughs> this was the guy that I, I predicted could be like a one-and-done sure. type of guy as well. He's only 27. Right. I, I'm so, I'm all over him for this year, but I but I understand the caution long term. Here here's my I fit. You don't score a thousand. You don't have one thousand one hundred forty five yards, um, and three touchdowns as a fluke. Right. It's not it's not a fluke. But what I what what concerns me uh, brings me back to Matt is, do I think he's still going to be a quality tight end? Yes, but he also saw twenty two percent of the targets on the team because. Again, we go back. There wasn't a lot there else to do, so he was just the guy because everybody else sucked, right? So right. Sure. you're bringing in Brian Edwards, you br- you bring in Henry Ruggs, you have Darren Waller, you have a pass catcher running back. You just mentioned before they got to get him a little bit more involved in the mm-hmm. passing game. That's going to hurt a little bit. So Darren Waller for me, unfortunately, has nowhere to go but down. Was he tight end like four overall last year or three? Like something like yeah, he was. Yeah. He was a very he high was end. up there. Yeah, three four, I think. It depends when you stop it. If you go to week 17 or week 13, if you go to week 13, it was tight end three or like somewhere week 17, you know, like Mark Andrews surpassed him or something along those lines. Sure. But to me, it's just like he's he does he fall back down to like we other look at other guys who take steps forward, like Henry Henry take a step forward. Um, Maybe Hawkinson takes a big step like it only it only takes a couple of guys to take a step forward and then for him to normalize a little bit. And now he's down at tight end six, tight end seven, tight end eight. The Austin Hooper. Yeah, which sure. is still a good place to be. And right. It's funny because we mentioned six guys as tight end six overall. You yeah. know what I mean? But like 
I it just you have to see negative regression on him it's de- because it's definitely possible. But even if he let's say he loses two or three percent of his target share, so he's down to twenty or nineteen. You know, it's still a, a very good share for a tight end. But I also think the offense is going to be more efficient than it was last year, and so there might be overall more opportunities. And if there's one thing that you could talk about regression, three t- three touchdowns is that, a very low number. That's the one thing that popped in my head immediately. As soon as I, I was like, think I was like, well, he did only score three touchdowns. Though. So it could be offset if he even gets to six, if he gets to six, it takes away. You're talking about a couple hundred yards. So right. yeah. And, and you know, I mean, we saw guys break out later. I mean, 27 is not a late breakout year, but um, you know, um, for a tight end, Gary Barnage, I mean, Gary Bar- uh, what's his face out of Tennessee? was almost 30 Delaney Walker Delaney Walker yep. was almost 30. Mm-hmm. So it's he's dude's a, ma- a monster six foot six. He, he, he's a former, right. wa- t- former wide receiver who who converted. So but, but you said like, where's the good value? Like, I don't like I think if you own Darren Waller, like he's not a cheap buy. That's see, that's the problem I have with Darren Waller. I don't think he's a cheap buy. He was a cheap buy last year. You know, well, not, yeah, now, absolutely. Now he's, now he's a monster. And I, and yeah. I look at I do. I see regression. I just see regression. Will he be comfortable early? And and maybe he still maybe he still produces well in 2020. Like, because you mentioned with COVID, all rookies, other and that's offense. the thing. I think for this season, he's a guy that I would want for this season. I do like him for 2020. Let me yep. put that. But like, as a long term dynasty sure. tight end, like, I have no problem with that. I don't think I like. I I don't want to pay pay the price that he costs. Let me put sure. it that way. That's that's my that's my problem with Darren Waller. I don't want to pay the price he can cost. I'd rather go get T.J. Hawkinson. You know, that's fine. I'd rather. I honestly rather get Hayden Hurst. Okay. Because of the scheme he's in and the targets he's going to get, I think. He's, I mean, Hayden Hurst is like six months younger, probably. <laughs> he's super old. <laughs> he's, it's, it's so I get, weird. No, I get that too. No, but I'm just talking yeah. about like the. It's, again, I, it's I not about age. It's price. It's price sure. point. No, and it and it and I, if I if you had to tell me, I think I think Hayden Hurst and Darren Waller are going to be neck and neck when it comes to fans. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Hayden Hurst ends up being tight end seven and Waller's tight end five or something like like yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Hayden Hurst ends up being tight end four. I, I, I think Hayden Hurst outproduces all his ADP because I think that system just is designed to manufacture sure. touches. They gave up a lot to get him. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have a second round pick for anybody in NFL, anybody, that's a lot. Sure. That is a lot for when it comes to trades in the NFL wise. Sure. So to me, like I, I, I hope to make it remind me like at the end of the year, like I love to compare Darren Waller to Hayden Hurst and you're talking. I'm sure one listener will remind us. Somebody please remind me if you can remember that. But I, I, their ADP is literally night and day. Like oh, sure. Night and day. And I think they're going to be neck and neck. I, I bet their stats at the end of the year are very similar. Yards, receptions, touchdowns. I bet it's all eerily similar. Crystal balls, maybe? <laughs> Hayden Hurst outperforms Darren Waller. Nice. But then again, I would I would bust that bold prediction out on a lot of tight ends. Mm-hmm. My bold prediction is Hayden Hurst finishes at tight end four on a year. I'll say we got to save that for the hot take show. We we busted out too many. I'll edit that out. <laughs> no, right. no, you won't. We're, <laughs> nope. we're an hour and ten minutes in, and we, we covered st- three teams. <laughs> Let's Chad move Kathy's on. Holy cow! Yep. Well, dude, we're talking. These shows are always long. They are. But listen, if you're still mowing your lawn. You got a big yard. You got a nice size yard. Yeah. Kudos yeah. to you. Kudos Congratulations. To you. And if you're still drinking it somewhere, you're probably liking this conversation a little bit better Ooh, when you did. Well. <laughs> or you know, you're like, these guys are effing idiots. <laughs> Hayden Hurst at tight end four. What is, I'm never listening to this again. Let's get to the Chargers because we got to move on to the NFC West next we show. We sure yep. do. LA Chargers, Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert. 
Mike Williams, Keen Allen, Joe Reed, KJ Hill, a tight end. At running back, Austin Eckler. Mm. Sexy. Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, tight end, Hunter Henry, Virgil Green. I feel like we've talked about half this team already in this show. We really have. I think we can fly through this. Yep. So, um, you know, at six foot six, Justin Herbert is a guy that we we all like, that thinks really good value in Superflex. A lot of people calling us idiots for saying we would take him at number three overall in Superflex startups um, over Clyde Edwards Lair. We did say that with like, a, you know, there's an overall rank. Like, in your team, we have no problem with you taking Clyde Edwards Lair, Jonathan Taylor over. Right. Justin Herbert at all. It's just, if we're going to rank him a super flex, like I, the value of the position dictates that he's a starting quarterback. He's got a really good shot at, sure. at scoring a ton of points. He should be up there. He's a really good quarterback with a really good arm. Who's really accurate. I mean, he's got, okay. Nah, really accurate. I mean, in college, 64% completion percentage, but there was, I mean that, which is fine, which is fine. It's, it's not like we have Tua and Burrow in this in this class. Like those guys are really different. Accurate. Tier. Okay, yeah, different. Tier. But he he's accurate. He's not terrible. He's more accurate than Philip Rivers. Mm, Philip Rivers had, does not have accuracy issues. He's arm got issues. arm issues. And Herbert, okay, fair. But her, but they, sometimes it's not gross. accuracy. It's not gross. It's not gross. <laughs> I don't want to pee. I don't want to pee pee on. Uh, I think Justin Who's Herbert's better, Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh, Daniel Jones. Or uh, Justin Herbert. I'll tell you why, because Daniel Jones is way more athletic on the move. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know that that's I true. I do not know about that. Uh, Dude ran like a 4640. What does that guy do with anything? He didn't run a lot in college. I like Herbert's athleticism, but I think Daniel Jones is more. I like Daniel Jones is a better runner than I do Justin Herbert. I don't know. All right. I think they're very similar in that mold. I think so too. I, th- I just I do think Daniel Jones is more accurate, but <laughs> I mean he had. I mean dude, I think he had a lot of issues anyway, with people dropping we're, passes. In we're college. overthinking yeah. Justin Herbert. Well, Justin He's Herbert, a good player. He, he only had him. 560 total rushing yards in college. He's pretty never had more more than 180 in a season. He's pretty 183. Though. Yeah, no, I, I didn't see that. So it's like I, we again. I was my QB. Th- I trade up for in superflex leagues. I have a lot of Justin Herbert shares. So people weren't believing sure. that I would take him that high. Like. If you pick that high, the point well, the point was why you got taking the high. If you pick that high in a rookie draft, it's because you need quarterback. Your team sucks. Yeah, your team's and different. the running back's not flipping around. And if you every slight chance you get a little bit better, which you're supposed to do with that running back's going to do, it's going to put you more out of contention to get a quarterback. The point of that conversation was like anytime you have a chance to get a young quarterback, no matter how tempting that running back is, you should take the quarterback. You should take the quarterback every single time. Even if it's a surplus, you can get much more in trade for them as well. Yes. So we all like Justin Herbert. Yep. Right? Yep. He'll be the starter week four, week five, it's, because of COVID a little bit later. Yeah, it's Tyrod Taylor, so it's probably four or five weeks. I think it's all going to depend he's on how well he enough. plays. Yeah. Yeah. If they're, you know, if they're six and two, then, you know, they might keep riding them. If they start off 0 and three, it, it's going to be Justin Herbert. It's Tyrod Taylor. He's good enough to operate an offense, but yeah. not good enough to maintain it. I don't right. think for more than half a season. So, so it's definitely it's whenever he starts st- stalling out. Yeah, week four. Um, <laughs> at running back, Austin Eckler was running back four last year. This is we a guy, 500, you know, this is, I mean, to say this guy was fantastic. His rushing yards weren't super high. What was it, 557? It's mostly because Melvin Gordon came back. Right. Bit 993 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. What, how many? 993 receiving yards yeah, no, and re- eight receiving touchdowns to go along with his three rushing touchdowns. Now that Melvin Gordon's out of the picture, this guy is just a clear yeah. path. Running back. I, I mentioned before, if you're, if you're talking about value to buy, what's the best bang for your buck out in fantasy football? I think it's Austin Eckler. Like, 
when you say, would you give up two first for Austin Eckler? People are like, no. Like, what do you mean now? How how much does it cost to get Joe Mixon? How much does it cost to get right. uh, Alvin Kamara? Same. You're talking about the same player, right? From a fantasy aspect, Alvin Austin Eckler is a drastically cheaper Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Drastically cheaper. Who's going to have more rushing yards this year? He finishes running back four. Maybe he doesn't have 903 receiving yards this year, but he's going to have a lot. He averaged, he, like a, well. he averaged like a point and a half more than than Alvin Kamara last year. Yes. So, I mean, are, are the we the best bang for your buck in Dynasty fans at running back? And that's when he was, you know, end of the year, he was split in time as well. So, mm-hmm. are we interested in any of these backups? Are we interested in Josh Kelly? Are we nope. interested in Justin Jackson? Nope. I, I don't think they're fancy commodities. I'm if, a little I'm a little bit interested in Josh Kelly. I, I think he's a good player and I I I don't know that the workload increases drastically for Eckler because they've even come out and he said it himself. It's he's gonna do a lot of what he's done before. And so I still think they're going to have like a between the tackles grinder that could end up getting some goal line carries as well. So I, if I had him, I would be I would be interested in having Josh Kelly as well. I mean, you can make the same argument about Justin Jackson. He looked okay in limited carries. Sure. Okay, but it's it's they they gave him a long term deal. They gave Eckler a long term deal, so he you got safety there as well. Yeah, he's locked in for twenty 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 and twenty twenty one for sure. I mean, his contract goes through twenty twenty three, but those those two years, he's definitely he's not going. Right and this is a mo- he's a motivated dude. Like for he's sure. in this position because of the dedication he is to his craft. I mean, look at this guy's workout videos. When it comes to strength. This dude is insane. The coach said pound for pound, he's the strongest player on the team. He's insane. Yeah. So if you can get Austin Eckler for two first round picks, which I think is doable in dynasty fantasy football, I think it's the best bang for your buck in fantasy football. I really do. Because would you pay that? What would you pay for? Whatever you would pay for Alvin Kamara, you can get what looks like an overpay today will be an underpay tomorrow. And it's it's Eckler. because I have a player like Austin Eckler that I was finally able to go out and make a trade and get rid of Aaron Jones. Like I felt comfortable getting rid of Aaron Jones because I had Austin Eckler. Yeah, I just I love him. Like yeah. I have I I'm buying like I'm ag- I would aggressively try to buy like for could, for I, more so picks than a player. Like I don't want to give up like a good young receiver for him because it's still a run, he's still a running back nonetheless. You know what right. I mean? Like, and this is for for contender we're talking about for oh yeah for contender. So if you're giving up too late first for Austin Eckler. Stealing, stealing, stealing. His floor is so high. Oh, for sure. And he's still only twenty five. He's he's so young. young. He's 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 like right in the prime. Right. What this is when he's gonna be hitting his stride as far as 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 production goes. Yeah, you're talking about again. Joe Mixon, super expensive to go get. Austin Eckler will probably outproduce him. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely Joe Burrow being there as rookie quarterback. That the team's gonna start off probably a little slow. Um, Alvin Kamara, way more expensive than Austin Eckler. Way. Give me Austin Eckler. So to me, it's just when it comes to like you know pound for pound toughness, pound for pound, the best value at running back. Like we we've mentioned a couple outperform guys. Outperform ADP. Yep. Outperform ADP, and his ADP is pretty solid right now. I'm just talking about what it costs to buy him. Sure. Like you're approaching somebody yeah, who had a really good year, but only like one really good year to an owner who got Austin Eckler away. You can get him for two. So I can see a lot of owners biting at that and. A lot of those guys are probably previous Melvin Gordon owners until they made that move. A lot of people probably got Melvin Gordon, like I did multiple, like worried about Melvin Gordon. So they didn't pay a lot to get him in the first sure. place. You're coming at them. Maybe their team didn't. Well, if you had Austin Eckler, your team probably did okay. Um, probably. But you could probably, like, they probably paid 
whatever for you know they didn't give up a first for him. No so if you come out there and offer two firsts right now, like it could probably get it done. Definitely, I, I definitely, yeah. And, and he's going off the board around uh, running back twelve right now. So that's crazy value because you're getting the, you're getting a top three or four guy. You're basically you know? getting him at his four. Mm-hmm. Go go back to what we were saying earlier. We were mentioning um, about uh, Cle- uh, Josh Jacobs, right? Mm-hmm. In the rookie running back class, where do you where do you slide Austin Eckler here? Would you rather have Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler? I know you, you want Jonathan Taylor. I want Jonathan Taylor. Now, who do you want? I actually do want Austin Eckler. Yeah, and I take um, Austin Eckler every day of the week over Jonathan Taylor, strictly on his pass catching ability alone. So if there wasn't a draft today, then you would trade 102 for Austin Eckler. I would trade 102 for Austin Eckler. Okay. 100%. I would trade 103. <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I have Jonathan Taylor. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and to me, there's, there, there's, multiple, there's multiple factors in that, right? Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, under the same lengthy contract, they're both four years right. contracts. Mm-hmm. One has proven it already on that contract, and we know and we know he can catch the football. The other one's got a really good offensive line who we hope can catch the football. And we've seen him fumble an awful lot. High and, fumble and rate, drop passes. Guys drop sixteen percent. Sixteen percent drop rate. Just speaking Garrett, the truth. Sixteen percent drop rate. If it hurts, Garrett, <laughs> why are we talking about Jonathan <laughs> Taylor? Taylor? He's the number one too. That's why I'm, we're just going to the basis of where he's at. So it's just. <laughs> to me, it just goes to the fact of like, why, like, why, what do you go? Why, like, why, like you pray to God that Jonathan Taylor could even sniff the fantasy production. The so can, you could brag to everybody can, that you're right about Jonathan Taylor. Can we talk, can we talk about the wider series now? No, cause I'm going to, no, talk, cause we're trying to make this an hour and a half long. Yeah. <laughs> this is important shit. We're talking about here, Garrett. It's Austin Eckler. Mike Williams is the bomb <laughs> and we're out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane to me that you have to like talk this strong about a guy who is running back four overall to begin with. Like it's not like oh just a one I just year debated flip. Jonathan Taylor like three weeks in a row with you like two months ago. Yeah, but Jonathan Taylor is like a better Derrick Henry. Yeah. Okay. okay. Running back seven. And, and he's four. and he's better. So if he's better Derrick Henry than he is better than Derrick Henry. Then that would be like. Running back four. To be fair, we didn't mention this either. <laughs> Derrick Henry did sign a big contract extension. He did. Guaranteed year, so I had to bump my rankings. For sure. I tweet out, I can't be right all the time. <laughs> it happens, man. Derrick, it took you long enough to do it. I'll, I will say that. It only took you four years. Way to, way, to, way to slow roll us. Garrett, let's talk about the receivers. Praise the Lord. You go ahead and talk about them. I'm, I'm talking about all the running backs. So one of the things that I was, I went pretty hard on last year that I was not a big Keenan Allen fan, especially for the price that you had to pay. And for three weeks, I looked like an idiot. The rest of the season, I looked like a genius. However, at this point, uh, I think the hate's gone too far on Keenan Allen. I'm with you. Uh, We talk about those pendulum swings. Everybody's kind of like buried Keenan Allen now. And I'm like, eh. I would actually buy. I'd be willing to buy Keenan Allen at this point and at the price tag that he's at right now. So, I mean, is it Philip Rivers leaving? Is it his age? Is it a combination of that? I think it's a combination of all that. Not sure about Tyrod and how long he's going to play. Will Justin Herbert target downfield threats a little more? Like, I think there's just a lot of things, and he's just a really good, safe wide receiver that he's probably going to be wide receiver like 14 this year in that Jarvis Landry, Robert Woods, like, Type of range, and I'm more than happy to buy at that price. He was wide receiver six last year. He was wide receiver six. What was he? What was he from week four on though? 
Uh, he, he was he's only 27 because he was the number one guy overall by a lot first three weeks let me poke, let me poke around here with yeah why you do why you do that though matt i also know uh i think we're on the same page although you you might even be a couple pages ahead of me uh we're, we're in on mike williams though right oh definitely oh, i'm dude, definitely let's do dynasty rankings that's <laughs> Remember we had a text him like, hey, you might somebody uh, send us this message because you have Mike Williams as your number nine overall uh, wide receiver. receiver. And people were saying that, that you you probably met like people were like people were ragging on Matt, like in a Facebook group. And then people were like, oh, it's just Matt. He probably messed up. And we both texted Matt. He's like, no, nah, I got Mike. Williams. No, his response That's exactly was exactly where I was. his response was. I have Mike. I texted. I was like, you might have Mike Williams uh, messed up. I think in your rankings overall, you, you, all you wrote back was like, I have Mike Williams exactly where I want him. And I'm like, <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Number nine overall. Number nine overall. Yeah. Man. So I'm I'm above I'm above ADP, but I'm not I'm not that high. But I think with Justin Herbert there, if if what the potential is astronomical between those two. Yeah, obviously. I mean, obviously, this goes back to me just liking Mike Williams straight up out of the draft. Um, I had him as my number one guy. Rich, I think you had him number two behind Corey Davis. So, I mean, we both had pretty high opinions of this guy coming out, and it just it just took him a few years to get going. He finally cracked that thousand yards last year, um, and only on forty nine receptions. So he's a big play guy. He can go up and get the ball, and and I, I feel like he's finally getting the quarterback that'll kind of throw the ball downfield and and get to because Philip Rivers. I mean. Yes, he was accurate, and and yes, he can still kind of muscle it downfield, but he needed a guy that could really chuck it downfield to, to open his full potential. Right, absolutely. And, and, and that's what I see um, happening coming coming here in the near future with Justin Herbert. To get back to your Keenan Allen, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Week, week four um, through 17, he was wide receiver 20, so much more down to earth. Exactly. And, and kind of from probably where you From four on? From four on, yep. It's a big drop. It's a it. huge Right. drop that is a huge drop from right. six down to 20 see genius second half of the year but uh i think we're all on the same page there Garrett. we we're talking about it now that i made a point i gotta chime in that we were all on <laughs> we were all on board well, he wasn't a, he, he might have been one of the, the the ringleaders but we were all like yeah we should sell keen allen because then we came out and said oh we were all wrong yeah right. they were like yeah we're back yeah, yeah. we're back baby we're back baby because i was so high on mike williams last year um going into the year so that's that that was part of the reason and why why sure. we saw a downtick in, in keenan allen's value last year so going back to Mike Williams, because I haven't said anything on it. Are you done with Mike Williams? Go or? ahead. Yeah. You love him more, so I don't know if you want to say more. No, go ahead, Rich. Because I, I talk the most on this show. Anyways. I mean, I feel like I've kind of beat that dead horse. I don't know. Oh, I beat the, I've done the same thing. I've been talking been talking to Mike Williams for two years straight now. So why stop now? Uh, Mike Williams, high draft capital, right? Number seven overall pick, I think, mm-hmm. that year. Uh, last year, we complained about what he did and the amount of targets he did and how many touchdowns he got and was able to produce. Two years ago, sorry. Last year, we complained about how look how many yards he got and how many targets he got. He just didn't score the touchdowns. So if you take those two things combined, he's a monster. It's just crazy to me. This guy only averages three point three receptions per game. Like it just blows my mind how they can't get him more the ball, get him more the ball. Because when they do, I just I just envision him exploding onto the scene like a like. You know, I'm not Kenny, like a Kenny Galladay kind of type or like a Cortland Sutton hype. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. but he, he consistently shows that he's that big, like Matt said, a big play receiver that can do great well, things. He only averages 66 yards a game and 3.3 receptions. But when he gets the ball, he's dynamite. So all they have to do, well, that's 20 yards a catch. <laughs> Matt, Garrett, it's 20 where I had the number in front of me. He averaged <laughs> 
20.4 yards re- yeah. per reception. That's 20 yards a catch, man. Like Four, that's, Yeah, 49 receptions and I was gonna say per 1,000 in one yards. Yep. 2.3 of those 3.3 were catches that were like behind him where he's one-handing over top of a defender. And like, I mean, they're all really you, difficult catches. You literally just, if, I, if you didn't say anything, I kept talking. I was like, and go back and watch his receptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them are absolutely fantastic. So we're talking full stride over the shoulder, reeled it in kind of like receptions. Is and it, with Justin Herbert's arm, it could benefit Mike Williams the, the most. Yep. Total, he's a total freak. He has been ever since college, man. And he and I, I don't know if it's because he's on the West Coast and not a lot of people see him or something like that. He's a total freak, man. I love it. Six foot four, 220 pounds, and can just fly. You know what I did the moment Matt texted me back? Like, I have him exactly where I want him. And I was like, yeah, Matt. I love him too. <laughs> I have, but I just have him ranked where, like, I just have him. I have him ranked higher than probably most people. I, I was say, I think we're both above average, just not above that average, much above accordingly. Average. Because, like, again, it's about where. Do you, like, it's fine to rank him there because that's where we have him. That's I have no problem with Matt ranks him. By the way, I have no, no problem with that whatsoever. Like, you're, you're. I love him too. That's it's where just, I, I mean, that's where I take him. That's where I like him. It's man. just I would take other receivers ahead of him, and it's more so just knowing like I can get like I would take Colton Sutton ahead of Mike Williams. Right. Right. You know, it's like I know I can get Mike Williams after anyway. So it's like. I also have to like manage my rankings a little bit according to that. Well, well, if I was in the middle of a draft, you wouldn't necessarily do that. I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him that high because I, I knew I would. I, I know I wouldn't have to. But you rank him at number nine. Overall, Absolutely, which is fa- and that's fine. That's a, it's 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 a it's a qual. It's like a problem sometimes with doing rankings. It's like okay, I love this guy. I have him here, but it's like, am I doing ADP or am I doing my rankings? These right. are my rankings. Right. You know, so yeah, I know there's no G there, people. Um, <laughs> so for me. And I believe, too, as soon as Matt texted me that, I put offers in every single league. I didn't have Mike Williams, which is a lot. And it didn't work in a lot of leagues. But I did get him for a 22 first. There you go. In my high stakes league, I offered uh, our, one of our favorite listeners, Colleen. I was like, hey, 22 first for Mike Williams. Instant accept. I'm like, yeah, but dabba do. Score. There you go. Yeah, 2022 20, first. Yeah, that's that's down the line. By then, he'll be number one overall. There we, he is. We already talked about Hunter Henry. Yep. Right. We're at an hour and 29 minutes and six seconds. We did an hour and a half show. So you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Matt. That is. I'm at Dynasty Price. Let me tell you about this time <laughs> when I shaved, uh, saved something down low with my Manscaped. Oh my gosh. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure he was for a second. I, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm at Dynasty Ridge. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Uh, make sure you check out the Facebook group, of course. We Wait. have a lot of action going on there. Over how many now? Almost 9,000. We're not quite there, but we're almost there. 9,000 people is a lot of people. And we actually just launched uh, one of our writers, Phil Penton Jr., kind of runs this for us. But we just launched the official Dynasty Nerds channel on the Sleeper app, a perfect place for the Nerd Herd faithful to discuss any and everything going on in the Dynasty community, including links to new articles, to film nerds on our YouTube channel, uh, and question sessions with your favorite nerds. So you can join the discussion on the Dynasty Nerds Sleeper channel today. Uh, That's a good way to discuss that community, the Facebook community. Check out DynastyNerds.com. We have so many damn articles on there. I can't even come up anymore. Make sure you join the Nerd Herd. I can't emphasize this enough. Not only get the bonus podcast to hear us talk another hour and a half. Um, you get all our exclusive rankings. You get the nerd skirt. You get the film room to study these rookies. You get rankings. You get all that stuff. But you're going to be into it and have access to like all our new tools that may come out as well, Ooh. which may be coming to a website near you soon. And if you want to go from 6 to midnight, 
or uh, those nipples harden up, wait to check out what's coming. That's all. That's all. Teaser. That's called a teaser. No. <laughs> I call it. I call that a booby tassel. <laughs> Be back next week, nerd. <laughs> Leave a rain review.